Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bobcast here for season five. Five years of your good friend Bobby putting together this podcast for the Naptown Bowl, plus a little extra just in case you are a little late on sports. Guys, we are ready to go this season. We just finished our draft last week. College football is in full swing this weekend, and soon enough, in a little more than a week, we have the NFL season starting, which means it's fantasy time. We will uh, get into this draft extravaganza, uh, is what I'm calling this episode, uh, as we go over draft grades from the draft last week. It was, as usual, fun and exciting and uh, a lot to take away from it. Uh, we have a great Screw Brad segment coming up along with a new new segment of mine to finish off the show. I will make my playoff predictions for the Naptown Bowl. So with that, let's get to the draft grades. How did you do in the draft? I get to do one of my favorite things and judge the shit out of each of you guys. So here we go. Draft grades for 2022 of the Naptown Bowl. It was an exciting draft as always. We had most everyone in the building, which always makes it exciting. You could see as we get into the fifth year of this, uh, strategies change. People know how it works. People know how our league works. It was very interesting this year uh, as it came to it uh, with how, how uh, budgets were managed. Normally, it would be shot out of a cannon right away and people would be paying a lot for the top tier running backs. That did not happen this year. Uh, we we uh, had a little run there, but it was never got too crazy. Outside of Jonathan Taylor, which was expected, uh, it wasn't too expensive uh, when it really got down to it. So deals were to be had. You just had to go in there with a plan of what your team wanted to look like. And I think this year, uh, the league really, really had that in their minds. So without any more to do, let's get to the first team. No small boy stuff. Mr. Phil. Someone has figured out fantasy, that's for sure. A very good, solid draft. Uh, there were some particular things that you, that stick out immediately. One is the Bills' heavy players. Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. Usually you don't want two Bills players as your starting wide receivers. Uh, Dawson Knox as your tight end definitely made things interesting. You did go for the high-risk, high-reward Christian McCaffrey if he could stay on the field taking the step out there, getting some big money out on the table. Of course, it's always good to know when your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he is going to be solid. He might be without his number one option this year, but as you read through of how camp has gone, how the preseason has went, many think he is going to be better and put up better numbers just because he is able to spread the ball out more, which is kind of what he wanted to do in the first place. Um, the other good pickup was Jalen Hurts. 
I uh, think the Eagles are set up for a good season. Jalen's been working a lot with his receivers. Uh, he's going to get those running yards, but think that he is behind the best offensive line in football this year. Great receivers with A.J. Brown and Devontae. Uh, and we, uh, we Philadelphia as a whole is very exciting. I think Hurts, one way or another, is going to put up good numbers even if he doesn't have a great year just because of what's around him and you have those legs to go with it. Outside that, the bench not very strong. Uh, you can see he put a lot of work in the top players coming through and kind of went out of speed. Gainwell is now uh, the third option in Philadelphia, so probably not getting a ton of snaps. Uh, Mike Gusecki, uh, is on the trading block right now after being franchised. Uh, they're looking to move him, so a lot of question marks there. And who really knows with Sammy? Uh, he just never panned out to what everyone thought he was going to be. So with that and with those those issues, I am going to give my boy Phil a C plus. Next, going down the list, we go to keep F1 out of the Bobcast. Mr. Brad, staying in his lane, didn't out jump out for Christian McCaffrey this year, but got a solid draft together. Uh, great receivers, Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, two of the top fantasy players this year. Uh, you couldn't draw up anything better there. Running backs, it is a little, little bit iffy and risky. No one really knows what's going to happen with Shaquan. Barkley, uh, he is also behind an awful offensive line, and that goes for Brees Hall, the rookie as well. Brees was sick in college. Uh, those who watched him at Iowa State, he is a player. The problem is, is he is on the Jets. Uh, it's been the issue with many careers. Uh, also love the pickup of Stevenson. I know New England running backs are always a risk, but they are going to get touches, especially with things coming out of the lack of talent on that offense and the struggles, they're probably going to try and run the ball a good bit. And that's great flex player to go in with. Uh, went with the old trusty uh, Tooney. Um, again, you just don't know with the Giants. Had some good numbers last year. He's coming in as wide receiver one. Uh, James Cook, I love. That was a great pickup. I don't trust Singletary to hold on to that number one role. I feel like he gets uh, the number one running back uh, spot every year, but doesn't get the touches. I think Cook is going to come in and uh, take a lot of touches and is going to be more explosive than what Singletary is. I think he will be the primary running option for the Bills sooner rather than later. Uh, James Robinson, uh, obviously he's coming off the Achilles inju injury. He is... Um, he is a very good running back when he's in there. It's a lot of question marks of how the injury is going to affect him. That is a major injury. Uh, it came out that Etienne will be the primary featured back uh, in that backfield, even when Robinson comes back. Now, with that being said, talks around that when you say featured means he's, he's still going to get 50-50. Um, so that gives a, lot, a good number of touches for James Robinson. So it's going to be if he can make the most of the touches he has um, and if he's able to come back clean. George Pickens is an obvious uh, rookie with the Steelers. Looks like they found another great receiver. Uh, I was surprised he went where he did in the draft. Uh, he was a monster at Georgia. 
but that was a great pickup. Uh, Algier, I like uh, that in Atlanta, another number one. Uh, it was a great draft, Brad. I, I really commend you for, for sticking to your strategy. You paid big when you needed to, but you also built a solid roster. With that, those starting running backs, even though they can be replaced for what is on your bench, uh, running back is definitely a question mark as a whole. I might love James Cook, but he's still not running back one. James Robinson's still injured. Algier is on the Falcons. Uh, that should say enough. And, of course, we just don't know with Saquon and Brees Hall. So that led me to the grade of an A-. minus. Still very good, but there are some question marks in that running back room. Going down the list... Hey, Elliot, new ride, yeah? For those of you who couldn't figure out, it spells out Henry. Um, So that is a mouthful I am going to be saying all season. I am going to screw it up. I actually wrote down, Elliot, want a ride, yeah, and realized that was not the name at all. So I will work on that. Uh, Probably one of the better drafts, uh, Ryan, that you've ever had. It was uh, all the way through. Uh, very solid. You stayed patient. Uh, I love the Eckler pick. I love the Chubb pick, especially on the Browns team that the starting quarterback uh, for 11 weeks is going to be Jacoby Brissett. You got to think that they're going to go run heavy this year. I think that running back situation is very good. I also really like your receivers. Keenan Allen and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown going in a great situation in Philadelphia. He will be wide receiver one. All talks are that he and Jalen Hurts' chemistry are very strong. They've worked worked out together all offseason and think he is going to have a very good year. He is going to be Jalen Hurts' safety blanket for uh, go up and get him balls. Uh, Pat Frymuth, uh, another solid pick. Um, no one's really sure if he's going to be that dominant uh, tight end to get into that even second tier of tight ends, but there's upside there. Thielen, I've been on that Thielen adventure. Last year started out extremely hot. He had almost touched down a game and then got cold quick. Um, it's going to be interesting if how much he's involved this year. I think um, Just Jefferson is obviously going to be taking more touches. Uh, but if Thielen's uh, Kirk Cousins safety blanket in the end zone, that's going to get some points. Uh, on the bench... It is a lot weaker. Uh, Michael Carter, I do not love. You know, it's one thing to take a running back two. It's another one to take running back two on the Jets. Uh, I think if Brees Hall gets hurt, that's your opportunity. Uh, But Michael Carter has shown flashes, but never really got consistent last year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, QB. uh, Jarvis Landry, I don't, don't love that pick either. It's a name that used to be, especially in PPR leagues, Used to get a lot of touches. I don't know if he's going to have that this year. Um, And McKinnon in Kansas City, another a lot of upside. We all know Clyde Edwards' hilarious story. Um, Logan Thomas was a good late round pickup. You know, I think he can be solid, but again, he's on the Commanders. They're the Commanders. Let's. I know Elliot wants to say that this year is their year. Logan Thomas is quarterback is Carson Wentz. Elliot, you can stick up for Carson all you want, but guess who wasn't drafted in our fantasy league? Carson Wentz. So that 
isn't always great. And then Corey Davis. So with that, that uh, QBs is a major issue. I do not love Tua Tungalaiboa. I kind of got that right. Um, uh, as your starter, uh, again, he's got weapons around him, but he he's not been consistent, and he he is hard to watch as a whole. So with that, with that quarterback situation, and with the weaker bench, Ryan, you're going with a B minus. Stamp that. All right, as we move down the line, and it's time for our reigning champion, four aces. Uh, interesting draft strategy, Gabe. Uh, you definitely went big early, and that's the question if those big, big investments are going to pay off. Devontae Adams, I think, is going to have a monster year on Vegas. Uh, I think that was a great pickup. He was worth paying more. Debo, uh, of course, he's the number one running back wide receiver that is that is out there. But we don't know if teams are going to figure that out a little more and if he's going to have the same production as he did last year. He did get paid, uh, but we're just not sure if you know teams are going to catch on that a little more. Alvin Kamara, all word is is that his... Uh, his legal troubles are not going to affect him this year. The suspensions are probably coming next year, uh, just with how things are processed. Uh, he's been streaky in the past. Uh, he can be streaky in fantasy. Uh, I think they're going to rely on him a lot more, hopefully, with a new coach. Uh, so we'll see about that. A.J. Dillon, of course, running back too. I think he is going to be the touchdown wrecker. So that's going to be big if he can get those touchdowns, but it's still unknown of how much he's going to be able to influence that Green Bay offense. Mark Andrews, a great pickup. Hollywood Brown leaving Baltimore. Mark Andrews is the number one option for uh, for Lamar. So love that pickup. Jalen Waddle, uh, I was surprised at. I know he looks good on paper, but right now all word is is that he has an injury. He's been out for most of the preseason, most of camp, uh, and it could take him into the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, I don't love injuries starting the season. Um, you know, it probably means you're going to be dealing with that the rest of uh, the rest of the year, especially it's a, a quote unquote soft tissue lower body issue. Um, that usually means hamstrings. We Hamstrings on a receiver, if they're not feeling good, that's bad. But on the bench, you do have Tyler Lockett. I like that. Chris Olave, I thought was a great pickup. Um, I think he is going to have a big year. Uh, so that was, that was good. But overall, you went big early. You tried to fill in the holes as much as you could. I don't think you were really able to do that. And, um, and of course, Justin Fields as your starter. Don't love that. He might have had a great last season game. The dude has no offensive line. So with that, Cabe, I am giving you a C-. All right. Now to Matt's majestic team, a.k.a. Kyle drafting. Uh it was uh, Kyle did very well for his first year. I think he was able to kind of go on of what was happening around him. 
the big thing that sticks out right away is the Denver heavy team. I do not like fantasy teams that are uh, one team heavy. That you looking through, you've got uh, Javante, you got Jared Judy, you've got Albert Abuchinam. No, but that yeah, uh, whatever that name is as tight end, uh, and it's uh, yeah, it, that that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, Dak QB is solid. Uh, Tyreek and Juju, they're. They're number one receivers, but there's a lot of risk there. Juju is listed as the number one right now, but we all know Juju is going to do Juju things. Who knows how long that lasts? He's been dealing with a concussion at camp. Um, So that could go one way or another. He could lose that start, that number one role pretty quickly. Tyree Kill, we just don't know. It's really easy to catch the ball when it's coming from Mahomes. When it's coming from Tua, that's a whole different ball game. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I think he is a great bench quarterback. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I mean, to take both Denver running backs, fine. Don't love that strategy. Uh, Rashad Penny, not great things I'm hearing about out of camp. You do have some good late receiver pickups to fill in the holes in Rashad Bateman and Devontae Smith. Uh, I think that was good. Uh, But... You know, overall, it wasn't brilliant, but I'm still going to give you a C-plus match, uh, Matt. And uh, Kyle, for your first time, did a good job, and you're welcome back anytime. Next, we go to ring season. All right, good old Pat. When it comes to QBs, you get your QBs, and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow were your big ones um don't love your wide receivers as starters uh i think they're good two guys or flex guys with t and chris godwin t is of course fighting with jamar chase chris godwin is constantly going to be in uh battle with touches uh with with mike evans uh like joe mixon a lot i do not like singletary i mentioned before with cook singletary loses that pretty quickly uh, every year, he just doesn't get the touches. Um, I, I think that that could really hurt you. But on your bench, you do have Kenneth Walker, and that was a great pickup. I, there is a good chance he will be taking over that starting wall pretty pretty quick, quickly. However, uh, the hernia is an issue. Um, so that is something that's not going away this year. As of right now, Pete Carroll says there's no timetable for return. So, you know, the great pickup might not be, and Rashad Penny looks a lot better now. Um, I did not realize it was a hernia. So that's going to be a problem. Um, but I'm sorry, Pat, with the QB heavy and just the holes in your roster, I'm giving you a D. Next, we have Fred Beldman, Mr. Paul. Coming in, definitely looked like he had a strategy and was going to stick to it. I think the first glance at uh, the starters in this overall roster is it's high risk, high reward. There's a lot of injury risks on on this roster, uh, but if it works out, it is going to be phenomenal. No one really knows what's going on with Matt Stafford uh, and that elbow. That's that's a little questionable. Mike Evans, I've been on that roller coaster. It is not fun. Love Cortland Sutton though. I think especially uh, when he's got Wilson throwing the ball, I think he's going to have a good year. 
Dalvin Cook, of course, puts up points. It's just keeping him on the field. I think you normally have to kind of calculate, you know, three or four games he is not going to be there uh, on top of a bye week. Uh, And you got to be able to backfill that. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he lost a lot of touches last year. They were pretty vocal in saying they're giving Pollard more touches. Um, I think it's just going to get worse this year. Dallas Goddard, everything coming out of camp. I know last year they were not tight end heavy in that uh, Philadelphia offense. I'm hearing now that that could be the opposite this year. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I know he's running back one right now, but there's a lot of question marks. You don't love, they didn't pick up his fifth year option this year. Uh, You also don't love him playing in the uh, Hall of Fame game. Kind of shows there might be some things behind the scenes happening as well. So not really sure if he's going to be able to hang on that. Uh, It's good to have Trey Lance um, in the backfield there. Uh, You know, Trey Lance could have a huge upside. But although with the 49ers keeping Jimmy G, you wonder what they're seeing on the field because they kept saying Jimmy G was gone and last second to keep him, there's something fishy going on there. And you gotta look, can't love that for a guy's confidence when the guy who the locker room loves, because all reports are that that locker room loves Jimmy G, uh, that... You know, he has to go out there and perform. So that's a risk. Terry McLaurin's quarterback is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. I do like Tony Pollard as an insurance uh, with Zeke. Uh, I really like Pollard. I think he's really good. I I like that pickup. Uh, Mooney, you know, there's a lot of question marks if he can take over this wide receiver one role with Allen Robinson going to Los Angeles. you know, it could it could work out. It could win, and then of course Carter Patterson listed as a running back this year. If it does change the wide receiver running back split, Elliot, I'm keeping it. If Yahoo does it. That's what we're doing. So don't come complaining if that's. I don't understand your fixation on that. It's just going to stay that way. Um, Matt Ryan is a backup love, and then you got third and Renfro in there too. I think he's going to get more. Uh, looks in the end zone so that could be heavy on the points so with that Fred Bellman I am uh, giving you a B on this draft and now looking at it I realize that there's three quarterbacks on your roster so I don't love that but also when you got the questions with Stafford I guess it's good to hold it so I'll let that one slide because you didn't overpay for any of those so uh, yeah, that will be a solid B for Paul. Next, we go to the darling of the draft, who also has got one of the greater names, South Peel. I think that's how you pronounce it. Adam, when you see me, correct me. South Peel, um, penis in the salt water, penis in the Atlantic. I mean, it's a pretty good description uh, of Adam there. Uh, it was an all-around solid draft. Uh, looking at your roster... There's not many holes. Um, You were the first finished. You started a little later, but you really took the uh, approach of looking for value. And I think you did it best uh, where you were matching the dollar with the actual production of the player and you built an overall solid team. Mike Williams, uh, I think he's gonna be taking that wide receiver one role over more. Uh, Devontae Johnson just signed his contract. That's a great sign. 
Uh, running backs, you know, I think they're solid. Leonard Fournette uh, is a pretty good running back. It, can he keep it up? That's, I mean, no one really knows. James Conner, I think uh, all reports are that this could be a breakout year for him. Uh, it sounds like he's doing very good in Arizona right now, uh, catching a lot of balls out of the backfield, and uh, that could be a great pickup. George Kittle is always solid. And the bench, you know, Clyde Edwards, Edward Hilaire, perfect value. He wasn't overpaid for, and you got him. TJ Hawkinson, it's great to have another tight end who could have another solid yard on your bench that's great for trading in the future. Michael Thomas, a great steal. I mean, the talent's still there. We just don't know if he's going to be on the field. And then, of course, Jace Edmonds as well. Again, very solid uh, quarterbacks of Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers. Um, but there's just no home run hitters. And I think you would admit that um, that yourself. Is there, there isn't any home run hitters. There could be, but it, it, just not sure if these guys are going to have, have that year that's really going to be the difference. But with that, with the way you drafted, the way you finished, and the, how calculated you were, I am going to give you an A, Adam, on your draft. A solid A. Next, our good friend Elliot, doing it for the brothers. I first want to commend you, Elliot. Self-control this year was phenomenal. You you came in with a new strategy and you definitely executed it. Also, it was very apparent you did your research. Um, so I think that, that alone is a great, great start. Your starting running backs are set. Um, Derrick Henry and Najee Harris, I love those. Um, Derrick Henry, I think, is still going to put up great points. Najee, I think, is going to put up good points. Excuse me, with uh, with what they have. Uh, you know, Kyle Pitts, not really sure. Uh, it's uh, it, it was hard to tell last year. It looks like the ability's there. Can he take the next step with Mariota at the quarterback? Um, Kyler Murray is phenomenal in the first half of the season. Second half of the season, it's the it's a drop off, and I'm sorry, Elliot, but Call of Duty, uh, the new Call of Duty, comes out in October. Uh, I think I saw some things on Twitter where they were matching uh, Kyler's fantasy stats with when the new Call of Duty comes out, and it's a steep drop off. Uh, so you got that to look forward to. So you at least got uh, that's in October. So you got some games before that cliff comes, but just be ready. Uh, for that that one uh, down the road. Um, now you don't have another QB on the roster. That is a bold choice. Um, I don't like your wide receivers as a whole. Uh, Elijah Moore on the Jets. Huge issue. Christian Kirk, Jacksonville. I think it could be a great fit. But is he going to really put up wide receiver win numbers? I think he's going to put up solid numbers. But with those two starting wide receivers, you don't have the player that looks like he could really get the home run. Now, Robert Woods, I like that. Uh, he could be that home run hitter, but it's hard to tell. Drake London, um, you know, interesting with the uh, Falcons preference here. Um, but uh, yeah, he's wide receiver one, but he's a rookie. Not sure how that works out. Uh, Brian w Robinson, uh, yeah, he was shot yesterday so I think you might want to drop him uh, if he comes back I don't 
want to say he's going to be very productive, um, but you seem to be in love with him, so have fun with that. Uh, Chase Claypool's a knucklehead. We'll see if he can get past that and get that through. Um, but yeah, it's just not really great wide receivers on the board. Um, again, love your running backs. Damian Pierce, I think, was the steal of the draft. That was a great pickup for a, do- do- for a dollar. I want to say that was probably uh, one of the best draft picks we had um, for you to sweep up there, especially Marlon Mack uh, being cut today. Pierce is the man. Um, I think that is phenomenal. Again, your running backs are great. It's the wide receivers that are the issue. Uh, so with that being said, Elliot, I am giving you a B minus uh, with the uh, with the wide receivers being the issue um, and not having another QB on the roster to pick up the slack if uh, that cliff comes with Kyler. Okay, now we go to Kyler Study Hall. Speak of Kyler, Kyler Study Hall. Uh, James, last year was the darling of the draft, and obviously things didn't work out. James, that was a phenomenal meal we had. Thank you. And I hope it goes better this year. You had a very good draft. Um, I love that you went into this draft knowing you needed a home run hitter. I know you went value last year. Uh, You went out and paid for Jonathan Taylor, which I think was great, but you also looked for value after that. Um, I really like the um, DK Metcalf pickup. DJ Moore, of course, uh, new quarterback, but I think that will be a solid pickup. Uh, DK had great, like actually phenomenal numbers with Geno last year. Um, And sometimes it's good to have the best receiver on a bad team. So um, I think that could work out very well. Marquise Brown, um, he's the number one receiver for eight games this year. Uh, you know, he is, he does drop a lot of balls. So we'll see how that, that goes. Uh, but I think that was a great pickup. Darren Waller, um, you know, a solid tight end. David Montgomery, he is a running back one. But I mean, again, he is behind a really bad uh, offensive line. Um, and then, of course, J.K. Dobbins, uh, it's already saying he's very in doubt for week one no one really knows how bad that in injury is uh so you got to keep an eye out for that uh love miles sanders that was a great value pickup um think he's gonna have a big year amari cooper another great value pickup um and i'm on st brown um as well um you know i think overall uh your qbs aren't great either uh, Derek Carr, I actually think Derek Carr is going to have a great year. Um, he's just not going to be a top fantasy uh, fantasy guy. I think he'll be low or upper second tier. Uh, you know, I think he's got a weapons around him. He's going to throw it a lot. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns. I think he'll have some big games in there as well. Don't know if he's going to be able to carry you through the year. Um and there's no other QB on the roster. That seems to be very common. So, um, you know, you're going all in on Derek Carr. So don't love that, but I'll give you a solid B plus uh, for your draft. All right. Now we go to our newcomer, Robert Ball So Hard. Man, I'm going to give it to you. You know, is your first draft. You're learning. Um... You know, it started out really well. I think the end of the draft, 
you know, you kind of faded with some of your picks. Overall, I think you did get good starter. I was learning. You were learning. I think it was hard to do your first draft uh, when you weren't with everyone to kind of figure out how things are out. Um, first year is always always a learning curve, and we'll we'll figure that out. Uh, Russell Wilson is great quarterback. C.D. Lamb, very good uh, starting wide receiver. I think that's great. I love love Michael Pittman. That was a great pickup. Antonio Gibson is looking a lot better now, but I don't love that you have two Washington running backs on there. Um, Eli Mitchell, I think, could be uh, could be a solid uh, running back as well with the run heavy uh, San Francisco. Stoltz a good pickup. Mossert, you know, we'll see that running back situation. Miami could be interesting. You know, defenses will work on that, but. I am going to give you, you texted me afterwards, said you had a great time. And you know what? Sometimes we have to sit back and realize that it's about having fun in this league. So for first draft, I'm giving you an A+. Yep, A+. That is for you, Robert. So as season gets going, figure things out. But again, you started out great, kind of faded there at the end. But um, I do like a lot of players on your team. All right, finally... We go to took that Sade money, though. Took that Sade money, me. Um, I think this is one of the more exciting drafts I have had in my my own personal opinion. Um, I don't think I have draft ever drafted a more starting line, better starting lineup. Uh, I love it. I love my starting lineup, Lamar Jackson, which looks like it's getting closer and closer to being a monster monster contract year um, if the Ravens can't figure this thing out. Uh, that could be awesome. Uh, Jamar Chase, Allen Robinson, love that. Jamar Chase is a big home run hitter. Allen Robinson, I love him being on the Rams. New team. I don't think people realize how good Allen Robinson was uh, being on the Bears. So you get him in that situation on the Rams. I think he is going to have a very, very good year. He is very sure-handed. Um, running backs, uh, picking up DeAndre Swift. I think it was only for $40, $44. Um, that was huge. I did not think I was going to get uh, good starting running backs. I was focusing on ride receiver. Uh, but DeAndre Swift, Swift and Travis Etienne, I will take the, that as my starting two running backs any day of the week, especially for the prices I paid. Uh, Etienne is, has been said to be the featured back. Um I think that's phenomenal. It means he's probably not going to—he's not going to give up less than 50 touches uh, during a game. I also, um, knowing watching Doug Peterson as a coach, Doug Peterson loves to throw the ball to the running backs, and that's what Etienne does really well. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, both receiving and running. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to be a massive home run hitter, but I think he's going to be very consistent in the points he puts up. Travis Kelsey, this was the year to get Travis Kelsey. Um, he is now the number one target for Matt Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think that's great. And then MVS, uh, that was my solid late round. I was very happy to get him for a dollar. Uh, he is the number two receiver on that team right now, with Juju being the number one. We all know that, that know that Juju game. And uh, so very he could be the number one receiver very quickly. He is going to be Mahomes home run hitter I think that could be a great flex spot now bench is definitely weaker 
Um, I knew that going in. I knew once I put together that starter lineup, it was a lot of flyers. I'm taking a lot of risks. Uh, the Mike Davis uh, pickup looks better and better, especially with J.K. Dobbins looking like he's not going to start the year, and especially since Mike Do Davis is starting against the Jets. Um, and so we'll see. It's a lot of rookies. There's a lot of talk out there. Um, Christian Watkins, Watson, I was very excited about. Uh, he is the number two receiver on Green Bay. He's a rookie, and Aaron Rodgers is basically relearning all his new receivers. Um, so that could change as well. That could be a huge reward, or it just couldn't work out. Um, but yeah, I again, and then to snag Baltimore's defense, especially playing the Jets first week, I am extremely happy with my draft. Um, I'm, I gave myself an A minus, uh, that minus coming with my bench, but I think those, that starting lineup is, uh, is a beast. Um, you know, and again, it comes down to if everyone stays healthy. I lose one person, things get hairy quick. So uh, there is risk there, but I think coming away with the players I did, I'm giving myself an A minus. So there are draft grades. Uh, love to hear your guys comments uh as we go obviously when you don't really know how well it went until you start playing um but with that it's time for my favorite screw you brad segment now it's time for one of my favorite segments screw you back brad and you know what? You want to tell me to keep F1 out of the podcast? Screw you, Brad. I'll talk some F1. Although I don't really want to talk F1 because this is actually a pretty boring season. Your F1 update is uh, Verstappen and Red Bull are running away with championship. No one's catching them. Ferrari's one of the dumbest teams out there. They keep screwing everything up and getting in their own way. So it looks like Verstappen's going to win with this one easily. And that's about it. But one thing I will talk about is the phenomenon known as Live Golf. Now, if you're many of you around me, you're probably sick of hearing about this. But guess what? You're the ones listening to this podcast, so I'm going to tell you about it some more. Uh, Live Golf, the Saudi-backed golf league that popped up uh, this year that is led by Gre the Australian Greg Norman, the shark. Um, good old Greg Norman has been an asshole from day one and you know he continues to be you he was like that even before he went to live so it's nothing new there uh but it has started a lot of controversy a lot of uh, a lot of craziness around golf uh it is it is definitely a weird time and people are trying to figure it out especially today as a bunch of new defectors went over there uh, that includes the number two in the world, Cam Smith, uh, from Australia, and also uh, number 23, Joaquin Neiman, who's only 23 years old. It was a huge get for them. Of course, you've got names over there with the likes of Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, good old Patrick Reed. Uh, but then you got a number of guys who are kind of on the back end. You know, Sergio Garcia, Ann Poulter, uh, Lee w Westwood, um, and it was kind of started out as the heel league because those guys were annoying on tour and it was kind of nice to get them off tour. Uh, but it's at a point where things are, they're try, everyone's trying to figure it out. So it was a Saudi-backed league. It was started by the crown pit prince who owns 
uh, Tottenham as well, wanted to start this league and went at, at it by trying to buy up the players. We are talking huge amounts of guaranteed money. Um, it is said that uh, Phil Mickelson got $200 million guaranteed. DJ got a hundred. Oh gosh, now I'm forgetting. DJ was up there. He might have been two hundred and twenty million. Bryson got a hundred and fifty million guaranteed, and so on and so forth. Uh, and that's been what's really been bringing the players over. As you know, the good old dogs get in the way of this. They love hearing about it too. Um, and it was really people see it as buying, uh, buying golf or the attempt to buy golf. Um, obviously people don't like that it's Saudi, Saudi backed. Um, but I don't really want to get into that because you know what? There's a lot of things that are owned by shady people. I don't like the Saudis, you know, it's not my choice though, to take uh, a lot of money and go do something, but I am not a fan of live first off in sports. I like rooting against someone. I am a Philadelphia fan at heart and you know what I like doing? hating the other team. So, you know what's really fun? Rooting against Liv. Nothing, well, no, nothing personal. I just like rooting for one team over another. Um, now, what really gets down to it is the format that this is. It is it is a little bit of an odd format. It is a 54 holes, so three rounds of 18 holes. It's a shotgun start, um, and it's only... Uh, 13 v- events uh, throughout the year that travels around the world. So there's uh, three regular season events in the U.S. There's England. There's, of course, Saudi Arabia, uh, Singapore, a uh, couple events in Australia. Um, and then the championship being at Trump's course in Florida. Um, the 54 holes has definitely been a... Uh, you know, I would say controversy, but a big hang up. And I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but also they tried to, they're going after this in this team format where there's four players on each team. Liv can only have 48 players because of course you only have, can have four players on each hole if you're doing the shotgun start. Um, and that each one's on a team and basically it's a team competition as you can go. Um, I don't know who their marketing person is, but these team names are horrendous. The Fireballs, Firecrackers, I don't even know. The, you know, the knickknacks, it, it's bizarre world. But that has been a huge part of it. And I'll get to why those teams are big. Right now, they do not have a broadcast deal. You can find them on YouTube for free, um, which of course, YouTube also shows how many people are watching it. It hasn't gotten a lot of numbers so far. You're about at 60,000 a pop. Not really what you want for a world broadcast. Um, we'll see if that changes now that you, with these new players coming in. Uh, Greg Norman definitely went after uh, players that were more uh, known around the world with Cam Smith. Uh, Joaquin Neiman uh, was going heavily after Hideki Matsuyama, who actually stayed with the PGA Tour, but... There was word that his offer out there was $380 million. Um, Hideki is uh, absolute just all-star celebrity A-lister in Japan um, with the thought being they could get a Japanese investor involved in in it. But there is no, um, there is no actual broadcaster. Um, 
the money being thrown at these players and what it's costing is staggering. Uh, it's over. There's ten players. Um, obviously, they're multi-year deals, but there's over a billion dollars going into 10, 10 players um, at this at this point in time. Uh, there, that's the question of whether it comes if this is sustainable or not. Um, the lot, some of these players start a lawsuit against PGA saying that they should still be able to play. All of them were immediately suspended from the PGA indefinitely. Um, they acted surprised. I don't know why they were surprised because that was stated before they even left. Um, but they have this lawsuit. If you want a really good read, read Patrick Reed's lawsuit. Um, I know Paul and Cabe introduced me to that. That is phenomenal. Uh, against uh, Ch- uh, Chamblay on the Golf Channel, it is it is grade A, grade A material. But you got all that going on, and it is very clear that Live Golf to enable able to compete against PGA uh, is going to use the court system to do so. Um, there is also an antitrust investigation going on. Um, interestingly enough, against the PGA, um, so that is going to take years to sort out. Uh, the other big talking point is world ranking points in golf. The world ranking system, uh, is a committee of, you know, heads of different tours that put, put, put it together that based on each event, how many top players are in it. And if you win, how many world ranking points you get. And that's how you get number one, number two, number three, and so on in the world. This is big because in order to get in majors, a lot of them have you have to be in the top 50 uh, to get automatically qualified, specifically in the Masters. So these wor- world ranking points go a long way into getting into uh, some of these uh, majors, the PGA and the Masters specifically being the big ones. Uh, the US Open and the uh, uh, British Open have that as well uh, as automatic qualifiers, so you don't have to go through the qualifying system uh, to get there. Uh, you also have automatic qualifiers for players that have won majors in the past, you know, five years. Obviously, Masters, you win, you're there for life. Um, but yeah, most of all these guys who won the U.S. Open recently have about two or three more years left on their uh, exemptions to majors, and these. Um, these world ranking points are a big issue. Now, the ones deciding the world ranking points are, of course, the uh, Jay Monahan on the PGA Tour, the head of the RNA, who has already stated he does not agree with the format. You know, this 54 holes is definitely a big hang-up. There's no cuts, uh, and exactly what the competitive or the competitive nature is, uh, and many of the tours are aligning against uh the live tour so it's not looking great in that aspect um also yeah i kind of talked about it their messaging is i i don't know who's running the marketing department um right now they have a tournament coming up in uh, massachusetts this weekend whose brilliant idea was it to have a golf tournament in the United States when you're trying to garner more viewers on the first day of college football. Their football, I know Elliot will agree with me, is king. It always will be king. I don't know who's gonna be watching the United States. I mean, I guess the rest of the world, that's what they're going for, but I don't know why you'd do it in the first weekend of college football. 
it, there's just little stuff like that. You just, you feel like there's kids running it sometimes, even though there's these massive, uh, massive, uh, deals that are going on. Now, the other question is, is TV deals. Right now it's on YouTube, there's no commercials, which is definitely a, if you are a golf guy and you just like watching golf shots, it is golf shot after golf shot. There's no commercials because they don't have any advertisers because no advertisers want to touch them right now. Now that could change, things become a little more legitimate. You have the number two player in the world, who knows? But that is a big thing they have right now and they have going for being on YouTube. However, you gotta make money somehow. There's only, rich people don't like burning money in front of them. Eventually, it becomes too expensive. And yes, the Saudis have this state fund that is pretty much limitless. This is just a drop in the bucket. But again, rich people don't like losing money. There is gonna be a point where it has to start making money. And a TV deal is immediately what everyone thinks about. now. Golf TV deals are not going to be like the $7 billion deal that the Big Ten just signed uh, with a variety of networks. You're just not going to get that money. The other problem they have is what broadcasters they can align with. The PGA, um, as fractured as their viewers viewing is, has a relationship with ESPN, with NBC, and with CBS. Of course, they're not going to let any of those networks broadcast live. That leaves Fox, and Fox has made it pretty clear uh, that they want nothing to do with golf. They sold their U.S. Open contract to NBC. They do not want golf, especially if they're going to have golf interfering with their football season. You think the Big Ten is going to want to be on a secondary channel um, to, to the Live Tour after giving them a lot of money or, or signing that deal? I don't think so. Do you think the Live Tour, who has to make a lot of revenue quick, is going to be on one of that on the FS1 channel? I don't think so. Also, you have internationally Sky Sports. Sky Sports is also aligned with the PGA. So you've got these other relationships that really, how are you going to make money broadcasting? Well, apparently, it they are not banking on that right now. They are trying to get these top foreign worldwide players to get investors. This team concept, what they want to do is basically create a franchise. In many of these players' deals, they have equity in these teams that were just created, and they're trying to get investors from outside to buy these teams. So they're, next you're going to have an all-Australian team. Obviously, you're going to want to have someone buy them. And eventually, these teams would be the sustaining factor on the live tour. So you don't need that broadcast deal, and that should take it over. I mean, will that work? Who really knows? This team concept, I know Cabe loves it. His fantasy team's named after it. it. It's tough for me. I mean, none of these guys look too enthused to be out there. You know, I love watching golf shots. I have given Liv a try um, because I'm me and I love sports. But to be honest, I find it kind of boring. It looks pretty lifeless out there, especially when you look at what the FedEx championship was this past weekend, you know, what the playoffs were coming down the wire. It was a blast. It, you just don't have the same fire right now with these guys on tour. Now, could it get there? Possibly. But right now, I don't really enjoy watching it. So, yeah, I'm going to root for the PGA there. But it's here. 
Liv is going to be here at least for the next couple years. Who knows what the future is. But Goff is in this state that is just going after each other. They're, they're go going in court. There'll be many more lawsuits on the way. So this is, this is really just the beginning. Now, let's go over the four aces. Uh, Cabe's team. The four aces. This is Taylor Gooch. Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, and I don't know who else. The f oh, Pat Perez. Yeah, just a real stand-up group bunch of guys. Now, I know Cabe likes to say this is DJ's team. It is not. It is Patrick Reed's team. It is the Patrick Reed team, which, if you know Patrick Reed, means it's not really his team. It's Justin Reed's team. So, have fun with that, Cabe. On that, let's get to our playoff predictions. All right, guys, we are at the final segment, uh, and it is my playoff predictions. Uh, real quick, uh, this year, I know last year we went to 18 playoff. We are back into... Uh, back into the 16 playoff. Uh, that way we could get a loser bracket going again, and I think it just makes more sense. So we tried it, didn't work, and we're back. So, um, also, uh, housekeeping. Send me your... Uh, uh, text me separately, any of those doing the side betting this year. We're going to start that. I will name... Uh, winners on the Bobcast each week as well, uh, just so everyone is aware. Uh, but send me that. But so playoff teams. This is in no particular order of who I think will make the playoffs this year out of our league. We start with Tuktat Sade Money, South South Pile South South Peel. Adam, you're really gonna have to help me with that one. I'll get it eventually. Hashtag keep F1 out of Bobcast. Fry Beldman doing it for the brothers. And finally, the big one. Hey Elliot, new ride, yeah? Boom. There's your six playoff teams. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole bracket, but my predictions for the finals is going to be keep F1 out of Bobcast versus Fried Beldman. And the winner of this year's Naptown Bowl. Drum roll, please. Fred Beldman. So there it is. Nostromus, Bobby Keating on the Bobcast. You heard it here first. So with that, enjoy college football this Saturday. We're almost to the NFL. I'll try and get a preseason just pick for week one next week. But I think we're going to have a good Bobcast this year. Peace out.